Well, greetings. This is J.R. Dickey. I hope you're having a great day. But if not, hang with me. It's about to get better. If you're hungry to learn more about Jesus Christ and what he taught or how he lived, I welcome you to visit us at www.graceandtruth.net. That's grace, the letter N, truth.net. And thanks again for tuning in to our podcast. Today, I'm going to share about an attribute of God, his love. As we begin to consider God's attributes, we have to acknowledge our own limitations. His attributes are themselves infinite. Thus, we who are finite cannot fully appreciate them, nor can we sufficiently describe them. The Bible says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's Isaiah 55. Jesus himself quoted what the Jews called the Shema, when asked for the most important command in Scripture. It says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. This was and is considered by the Jews as the most important Scripture. However, it should be noted that as important as it is, we cannot initiate this commanded love. That's because we are not the source of this love. God himself is. The Apostle John wrote, We love him because he first loved us. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, we can never obey this critical command to love God unless we first receive and acknowledge God's love for us. In Eden, we learned from the serpent to doubt God's love for us. Believing his lies, he sent us spiraling away from God and into self-destruction. However, the good news is that believing in Jesus is believing again, that God does love us. Hmm. Interestingly, the Old Testament is filled with at least a couple dozen commands, like the Shema, for us to love God, but only a few that speak of God loving us. An example might be Zephaniah 3.17. Conversely, the New Testament is filled with verses that express God's love toward us, such as Romans 5, But God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And from Romans 8, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And finally, Ephesians chapter 2, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. You know, another example is when Paul prayed for the Ephesians, quote, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Of course, God has always loved his children, and he demonstrated that countless times throughout the Old Testament. But the epitome of that endless, infinite love was and is expressed 
in his gift to us of his own son's life to take our places and pay for our transgressions. But it doesn't stop there. His love keeps on giving throughout eternity. For, as the scripture says, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, the one thing that we all long for, but rarely if ever experience, is sincere, trustworthy, enduring love. You know, people fail us, mates, friends, children. But knowing God, by definition, means knowing his love. John the Apostle wrote, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Now, it has come to be in vogue today to assert love is God. But clearly, this is not at all the same thing, and is yet another serpent lie. When you believe that, you by default allow for any trending or politically correct definition of love, and thus your God. That, of course, subjugates your puny fantasy God to your own ideas and agenda. Of course, love is a relationship. And since God is eternal, it's a really long relationship. But truly, it's something that will grow and grow and grow forever. First, believe, then receive, and keep on receiving and returning divine love. Take note. This is a, what I call, a who attribute of God, as opposed to a what attribute. His amazing love speaks to who he is. So how do we recognize this love? We could go into defining the three different words in Greek for love, but instead let's just consider Jesus. How did he show us God's love? The first thing that comes to mind is that he gave his life for us on the cross. That is the ultimate selfless sacrifice. John wrote, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for his friends. In this selfless act, he not only suffered a terribly painful death, but he carried upon himself all the sins of humanity, a truly incomprehensible weight. We are naturally so self-occupied, we, we cannot grasp the selfless love of our Creator. It is the polar opposite of our naturally evil hearts. But when we are truly saved, his love overflows in our heart, empowering wonderful acts of worship as the Holy Spirit embraces us, children of the Most High, filling us with love light and love life, and in so doing, grants us the power to recognize and return God's love. Now, what this means is that you can talk about, contemplate, ponder, and discuss this who attribute of God forever, but you won't know it, that is, know God's attribute of love, until you know Him. You must establish an intimate relationship through His Son, Jesus. You see, grasping at least some of the what attributes of God, like His sovereignty or His triune nature, can be approached intellectually. But getting a handle on the who attributes, like love or grace, requires an actual 
relationship with him. It is this relationship, which, by the way, is also initiated by God, that allows us to know and be known by our Lord. When Jesus said in Matthew 7, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. These will be barred from entering the kingdom of heaven and will evidently know about God, but they never actually know God, and thus they cannot fulfill Deuteronomy 6.5, that Shema verse, to love God. You see, this attribute of God, love, this is the big one. Don't debate it. Don't just approach it intellectually. The Pharisees never got it. Sometimes contemporary seminarians don't either. Come to God on his terms. Simple, humble faith. Ask him sincerely for forgiveness for all the misdeeds of your life. Ask for faith to believe in the sacrificial death of his son, Jesus. Ask him to fill you with his love. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's 2 Corinthians 13. May the Lord grant you peace in the midst of any storm and faith to trust him. Look for our next podcast or sign up for our feed. May you realize more of his grace and love today.